Hi, this is Jess Porter. Welcome to The List. I'm talking today with my good friend, Paul Goddard, who lives in the Orlando, Florida area. We are currently both in Orlando, as I am doing some cooking for him and his family. Paul, your wife and I were just doing the math. We've known each other 14 years. But can you tell the story of how we met? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Victoria was pregnant with Jude, and she had been doing some research about hypnobirthing. And uh, you were certainly you know, someone that, that she, she'd seen in her, in her endeavor to learn more about that. And then she also, uh, about just before that time, had kind of dove into macrobiotics. And, and she said, hey, uh, this, this young lady that, does, that wrote that macrobiotic book, it does uh, hypnobirthing. We should, we should go. Uh, she said, we sh- I said, well, go call her. See if, uh, see if, see if we can't meet with her and she can, you know, she can teach us how to cook and do some hypnobirthing. And, you know, we, we, we fly up to Portland, Maine. And I remember walking, you know, up the hill to your house. And it was beautiful that, you know, that week it was Labor Day weekend, I think. And uh, I remember getting to the door going, Wow, we don't even know this person. I remember getting uncomfortable. <laughs> I remember, and I remember thinking, like, hey, wow, they could, like, she could just like, you know, make us sausage, and and no one would ever know. We would disappear <laughs> off the face of the planet. <laughs> I had in fact done that to several couples, but I decided to spare you guys. Right. We had a we had a wonderful time. I mean, we were there for three days, and you know, you were kind enough to split the uh, the teaching cooking from the hypnobirthing. So we kind of we cooked for half a day, and then we Victoria, you and Victoria worked on the hypnobirthing. And that you know, I, I just remember the last evening sitting there going, "Wow, this this has been a lot of fun. I hope we I hope we stay connected." So you know, now fourteen years later, almost fifteen years later, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you are a contractor. You make things. You, you go from zero to building. How does it feel to, to drive past a building that you helped create? Uh, you know, that's a, it's, it's, it, it's always been a sense of pride to, mm-hmm. to be able to say, I, I worked on that project. I did. Mm-hmm. I, I started in, you know, growing up in, uh, in or just outside of Orlando, um, you know, Orlando was when I graduated high school was the number one growing city in the United States, and certainly for mm. five years before and five years after, it was just so I was able to. I fell into carpentry, and I was able to get a lot of experience in the construction industry in a short period of time because it was a great need for for skilled workers and then if you had any aptitude at all you know you could t- and any and took any initiative you you could you took you could take it farther so uh, from the time I was a carpenter I was always you know r- really had a sense of pride about things that I built so yeah and that's nice now because I you know, we drive around town and 
my kids go, Dad, didn't you build that building? And I don't take credit for it anymore because I do all the front end stuff. I work with the designers and the engineers and and help get all the ducks in a row. And then, uh, you know, another another part of the project team takes it over from there. It is kind of neat to be in the town you, you live in and, and help shape the landscape. Yeah. Um, so in the time that I've known you, you know, you and Victoria have made this shift from eating like regular, I mean, not like McDonald's and stuff, but just a more standard American diet to like groovier grains, beans, vegetable, fare. What has that been like for you? Because you got into this like, you know, peak of your powers as a guy and as a dad and a businessman? What has it been like for me? Well, you know, initially when we started, it was, you know, Victoria had had a miscarriage and she, she was in search of something. And at the time, Caleb and I were gone this one weekend and we come home and I walk in the door and, you know, we've been gone for two, three days. And she's like, hey, we're going to be macrobiotic. And, you know, she's, <laughs> she's purchased all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, cool. What's that? <laughs> right? And uh, so, and at the time, I, I was, you know, I, I, was the, I was the primary cook. She's far surpassed me at this point. But uh, I, at the time, I was the primary cook. I was fortunate enough to live uh, in a house with a bunch of guys, and one of the guys that was a chef. So uh, he and I, because I was a carpenter, I got off early. And when he worked days, he got off early. So he taught me how to cook, and I loved mm-hmm. cooking. So, uh, but, you know, you, you take that, and you, you start to kind of walk down this path of, of eating you know, whole foods and and refraining from the things that numb you. But, at, you know, as you walk this walk, I think you start to get more in touch with yourself, more in touch with, mm-hmm. uh, which sometimes is a hard look. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a hard look. Uh, and you have to really kind of be in in the suffering. Or you could have pizza and beer. And then numb mm-hmm. yourself, and you don't have to suffer anymore. But I think the answer sometimes is in the suffering, and finding compassion for yourself, and finding compassion for whatever it is you were going through, or whatever took you to that place. You know, and then you know that's that's the you know emotional, mental, and emotional piece. I mean, physically, you you I feel much lighter in the world when I eat. Mm-hmm. You know, macrobiotic. I just I feel much lighter. I, I I'm much clearer. Feel more connected. If, if that makes if that makes sense at all. Hmm. You're just instead of just kind of walking through life, you're you're kind of uh, really more engaged, and 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 with not only with yourself but with the environment around you. That's so well put. I love the word engaged. Yeah, because you're more sensitive to energy in yourself, so you're more sensitive to the energy around you. And you're participating in it really consciously. And like you said, sometimes that's a drag. But 
often it's really a beautiful thing. Um, and you just have to like roll with the ins and outs of that. <sighs> that was great. Great answer. I think we should do the list. You and I watched some of the Australian Open last night and we were watching Serena Williams. And I'm really grateful for Serena Williams. I'm grateful for people who are incredibly good at what they do. You know, everyone's a model. Everyone's demonstrating whatever they do, the vibe that they're at, the attitudes that they have, if they're like negative or positive. Like everyone's putting out whatever they put out and we respond to it. And, you know, what we've seen with Donald Trump is, you know, you put someone in a leadership role who's a maniac and it brings out the maniac. But when you watch greats like Serena Williams or you watch the Olympics and see people just being incredibly fantastic what they do, you know, I think we lean into that. We, we raise our vibration to that. We look for like, what's, what can I do that's great? Or how do I refine what I do? Or, you know, just honor the discipline. And uh, I don't know. I just always loved the Williams sisters. Mm -hmm. I think they're amazing. I think they're beautiful. I, and, but more than that is the skill. And I've always thought like, if anyone had pitched this in Hollywood in like 1997, you know, like, Oh, there's, you know, you can imagine the pitch where someone's like, yeah, it's this girl coming out of Compton, a black kid who's like just like weirdly fantastically good at tennis and her father's this kind of, you know, micromanager, control freak, and he's made this like amazing, you know, tennis player. And you can see the producers going like, yeah, yeah, it's interesting, interesting. Oh, but wait, 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 there's two of them. <laughs> and the producers would be like, no, forget it. That's ridiculous. Like they just were so beyond what a movie would make and what tennis specifically as a sport was prepared for or was expecting. Yeah, and right. I love that about them. I love that Serena Williams learned French because she kept going back to the French Open every year. And she's like, why not learn French? They're really interesting, intelligent women. Yeah, so Serena Williams. Serena Williams. Uh, well, a few nights ago, uh, since you first got here, you, you had been talking about this movie. We have to watch this movie. We have to watch this movie. And uh, so I... I'm grateful for the movie Game Changers for a couple of different reasons. Um, uh, Game Changers is about the the effects of a plant-based diet on athletics and performance, and the way that they they laid this whole thing out and very very steeped in science. I, I personally very much enjoyed it. As did you know, as did Victoria. We both were sitting there going, "Wow, what a different dialogue!" And and the people delivering it were credible, and 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 also equally uh, talented. And and that so you're you're just you're enthralled with the message, and it was done so well. And then to have the next day, 
you know, you know, Victoria assigns our 14-year-old son Jude. Your your homework is to watch this movie, and he finishes the movie, and this 14-year-old boy says, "I want to be plant-based." <laughs> I go, "Wow, that's impressive." Cool, great. Um, I'm grateful for this journal that my sister got for me for Christmas. I feel like I've been on a screen for, you know, 12 years. I mean, obviously I've been on some screen, but it was around 2008 that the smartphone came out and then the iPad and, you know, streaming and just things that kept us tethered to screens. And my handwriting has really devolved in the last 12 years. But my sister got me this beautiful, it's not just a journal, it's like a, I guess technically it is, but it's like a scheduler, what what do you call that? Like a diary, but of the weeks of 2021. And it's organized in a way that's really beautiful and makes sense, it's practical, and at the same time it's kind of like whimsical. And it's big and it's heavy. And I keep it on my desk and I open up to the week and you get to see the whole week and there's a place for like your goals this week and, you know, every day is big enough. And I'm looking at it now. That's what's making me think about it. It's just brought me back to the world of like paper and weight and heft and a thing that you can carry from room to room that doesn't need to be charged, (laughs) doesn't have an on-off button. I don't know. It's simple, but it makes me really happy. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, for me, I'm grateful for I got my I got an iPad for Christmas, a new iPad, hmm. and it is it, the keyboard is integral with the way the stand is, and mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm able to use it for Zoom meetings. But the thing that I I've, I've really enjoyed the most on it is I've I've, I've set out this year to work through all the lessons in A Course in Miracles, the book A Course in Miracles. Mm-hmm. So so the daily the daily lessons are uh I can go to YouTube and there's 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 a specific person that is working through these lessons on a daily basis so I can sit and just listen and 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 work through that on this iPad. So this this piece of technology has really helped me in so many ways uh, streamline what I do. Wow, I had no idea that you were doing the course. Wow, you're groovier than I thought. Man, I'm not because that thing, well, you, you, you can listen to of the book. You can get it on Audible mm-hmm. and, uh, and listen to it. And I'll be real frank with you. It sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. It's like wah 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 wah. wah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Stop, pause, rewind. And I could be reading it as the guy is following along. And it is. It. I. I can't imagine that, the day that I under, understand 25% of it. I'd be like, oh my god, that's amazing. Wow. You know that reminds me of Marianne Williamson who's, you know, the mainstream kind of interpreter of The Course in Miracles. And she made her mark with a book called A Return to Love, which came out in probably the late 80s or early 90s. And 
I remember when that, reading that, when it came out, and then several of our other books. And when I was living in New York City between 1989 and 1993, she would speak every week at the Old Town Hall in Midtown Manhattan. And I would go. I mean, not every week, but I went several times. Cool. And then I even saw her live in Los Angeles a few times. But wow. Marion Williamson went on to like run for president last year. And of course, was kind of this, in a way, a national joke. And at the same time, she would say things at the debates, which were so transcendent and so true. And as much as you could laugh at her, there was that one nugget that she would say that was like, ugh, she really is looking at this from a very deep and interesting and correct sort of angle. But it, it's obviously too much for politics. But I just want to say I'm really grateful for Marianne Williamson because in the time that I was into her, because I, I did try reading The Course in Miracles and it was so incredibly dense and it even had that tissue papery paper, like the Bible, like that's how dense it was, which was a turn off. It was like, whoa, this thing's like a thousand pages. And, but her interpretation of it was so palatable and digestible and her speeches were so good and I would listen to recordings of hers when I lived in the Berkshires and I would be driving up and down these hills in the snow in this jeep that I had and it was freezing and I would listen to Marianne Williamson and uh, it had a big impact on me that's a strong that's a, that's a really 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 powerful person she's done a lot nice. Marianne Williamson and she's and it's been like all good you know she's a uh, powerful, disciplined, good agent in the world. I'm grateful for her. Nice. Nice. I mean, besides the fact that the book is about four and a half inches thick, you know, a thousand plus yeah. pages, it's yeah. intimidating before you even pick it up. Yeah, totally. And then you see yeah. that it's like tissue paper pages and it's like, oh shit. Right. Yeah. With yeah. like six, six font. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> And it's no like pictures. really trying to be the Bible. It's like Bible no adjacent. Yeah, no pictures. Exactly. No pictures. Exactly. <laughs> a guy like me. That's Funny. why I became a carpenter. I like the I like the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> it's my turn now. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, I'm 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 grateful for uh, having a an understanding of, of the seasons, a better understanding. You know, everything. You know, everything has a season, and everything evolves. You know, sometimes over the course of you know days, months, years, centuries. Um, but I, I, you know, sometimes time just takes time, and sometimes you're mm-hmm. just going to have to be patient. Sometimes you're just going to have to be patient, and and wait for that the implant to heal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know that I, I, I don't think it's a good idea to wish time away. Mm. There's, there's never enough of it. Mm. But the, but the seasons piece is, I, I think if you understand that sometimes things come in seasons and you just have to realize that. And I'm, and I'm, you know, at 56, I think I'm just starting to come to some of those places where I go, yeah, it's the winter now. It's dark and it's cold and it's lonely. And it'll be spring, but not mm. tomorrow. 
Right. Spring's coming. Spring's coming. And after spring is summer. Yeah. But just knowing that helps. At, you know, it, 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 sometimes it just helps to have that sense about you to go, yeah, that's about right. It's winter. And spring is coming. You know, you're reminding me of my cousin, Rob, who is a farmer. And he's the son of my uncle who died a few years ago, who had farmed this piece of land in southern Ontario for 50-something years. And Rob grew up on the farm, went to university, but came back, married, had children, all living you know, on a different part of this property. And he's so, like, refreshingly void of bullshit. Like, <laughs> because he spends his entire life connected to whether it's sunny that day or whether it's raining that day or how cold the winter was or how, you know what I mean? Like, that's his world. And I love going back to their farm and just asking him about it. And because I eat, I mean, I didn't grow up eating plants much at all, but because I do that now, I am genuinely interested in what he knows and how he thinks. Because it's like Rob is on this ship that the rest of us are no longer on. And it's like the ship of the earth interacting with the atmosphere, interacting with the galaxy, because that's how you grow stuff. And so he's incredibly tethered and he doesn't get lost in the stuff that most of us and especially like urban dwellers can get lost in, which is just the noise of ideas. Now, obviously, lots of ideas are worth getting pondering, but I think we can get lost in them and leave our bodies and leave our immediate environments and certainly disconnect from the natural world. And he's so deeply in it. And it's really refreshing, but it's a cool quality. Rob is very deep, deep person in the truest sense. Yeah. And he knows a ton. More. Like you pick his brain right. about that stuff, he knows a shit ton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the farmers were the, like the original inventors in the United States. <gasps> they had to figure it out. They had to wow. figure it out. It was, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't go to Home Depot or Lowe's. <laughs> they right. had to make right. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They had to be, in, you know, ingenious to, to figure out what they were doing. And they were connected to the earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. I'm, I'm grateful for my kids and for mm-hmm. having them in my life and watching them grow and change and evolve and have, having interactive conversations with them and and you know, in you know, with you know, with Tori and Caleb, but you start to see you say, Wow, we're we're in some ways we're we're friends and and mm-hmm. I, I just really love the that interaction and and watching Jude and Ava. We call them the littles. 
and then, you know, watching, watching those two just grow up as brother and sister and fight like brother and sister, but they love each other dearly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful for my kids. I'm blessed. I'm going to echo that. I'm going to say, I mean, I love all your kids. I know them well. They're all fantastic in various different and beautiful ways. But I'm going to say my, this one, I'm grateful for Jude. And it's for a specific moment. (laughs) I, you know, the other day, like I have this fake tooth in my mouth that you can actually pull out. It's one of my front teeth has been extracted and I'm waiting for the, you know, the permanent crown. And so I have what they call in dentistry a flipper. And it's pretty much in all the time. So no one knows um, unless they know the story behind it. And Jude and I were like fake punching each other. I was teaching him some like stage combat and how you sort of fake punch somebody a few days ago. And I think it was you that suggested, you know, get you to punch you. And then as you pull away, you know, as you cock your head to the other side, pull out your flipper. (laughs) Make him think that he punched your tooth out. Because when you take out the flipper, I mean, it's a front tooth that's missing. It's pretty, pretty dramatic. Um, And he has no idea that I have this flipper. So, sure enough, I'm like, come on, Jude, come on, like, you know, I'm sort of fake punching him. Come on, come on, Jude, punch me, punch me. (laughs) He takes this, like, air swing at me, which, of course, doesn't make contact. And I go, oh, dramatically, like, jerk my head to the side and pull out the flipper. And I turn around. And his face, Paul, like, eyes just become like saucers and he's like like he couldn't even form a word and it went on for like 10 seconds of this what just happened (laughs) and like he had done a magic trick or like you know a trick on us a couple days ago but that was my trick on him it was so good because it was true pure shock and uh, it lasted for quite a while. It was just a great moment that I'll never forget that I, like, punked Jude. So thank you for suggesting that. It was really fun. <laughs> That's great. That is so good. So it's Valentine's Day today. Mm, it is. And I am, I am grateful for my Valentine. I'm grateful for mm. Victoria. Uh, it's because of Victoria that I have grown as a human on this earth. I've chosen to evolve or at least strive to evolve. Uh, it's because of Victoria that I got to meet you. Mm-hmm. She she started that spiral. Mm-hmm. She, she, she makes me want to be a better person. She makes me want to be truly living life in a connected way with your heart, not hiding behind a persona. So I'm grateful for my Valentine, Victoria. 